Welcome on in, Giants fans, to episode four of Talk is Cheap, our Giants podcast on NJ.com. I'm Joe Gillian. With me, as always, our Giants reporters, Nick Powell, Jordan Renan, with us here after the NFL draft. The Giants make six picks. Guys, uh, first of all, you made it through it. Draft weekend is over, and, uh, and the mock draft season is over. Now the Giants actually have some players here. Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> no, it was a long weekend, but uh, but yeah, the Giants, the guy, they have six six new players um, filled pretty much most of the positions that they needed to. Um, the offensive, defensive line, and uh, and the secondary, and this particularly at safety. So um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much you can't ask for better uh, for better you know marry, marrying of position and and value in the first three picks. But we can get into that more. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and you look at the three guys that they added, and you got Flowers, Collins, and Double O. We're going we're gonna to stick with that or some variation of that because I'm Oa. not going to try to pronounce that name. Oa. <laughs> yeah, Oa. Okay, that's all right. Uh, so, you know, you look at it. Those are three guys that you saw mocked in the first round uh, with Collins and Flowers pretty consistently with Oa, you know, here or there. But to get those three guys in the first three rounds – I think you got to walk away pretty happy. Everything else after that's pretty much a crapshoot anyway. They traded that fourth rounder, obviously, to get Collins, so they didn't have that pick. So, you know, you got two guys that I would say you pretty much could pencil in as starters with Flowers and Collins. And Oa is probably going to compete for some sort of role, like, you know, serious role, maybe as a run stuffing defensive end. Uh, and to get that in the first three picks, I think that that's the goal. And I'm a big fan of Flowers. Uh, I think. I personally think he's the best lineman in the draft. Yeah, and Jordan, you you had talked about him and written about him before. Let's, let's start there. Let's start with the first round. Eric Flowers, number nine overall. The thing that jumps out right away, they talked about his strength and then the fact that he's so young. I mean, he only he was 20 years old until a few weeks ago, just turned 21. Uh, and then compare him to a, a guy like Sheriff who went to the Redskins at number five. Um, you know, he's a couple years older, so he's a little bit more polished. But in terms of upside... It certainly seems like you know Flowers is a guy that if he's coached right and he works hard enough, he has a lot of potential here. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's not like this guy hasn't produced either. I mean, this idea that he, you know, he's a he's not a great pass protector. He gave up zero sacks, I believe, this year, and maybe even the last two years. That's what I heard. I gotta double check that because it came from you know his family. But uh, you know, they say he hasn't given up a sack in two years. So it's not like this guy is is, is you know a complete project at number nine here. This is a guy who's going to come in and play right away. This is a good player. There was one scout that what he said was he thought he was in the same range, same level as the top two guys last year, which were Greg Robinson and uh, Jake Matthews. They were drafted, I believe it was two and six. So this, And this is a guy I, I know for a fact he was a top lineman on some, or at least top, top tackle on other teams' boards. Uh, so... This he's not a project, and I really like Eric Flowers. And I think, like you said, he's young, so he has potential to grow into that role. Also, potential left tackle of the future. There's a lot to like with Eric Flowers. I think it's actually a home run pick for the Giants here. Yeah, well, and also, I mean, look, 
Duke Johnson was one of the better running backs in the draft, in my opinion, rushed for over 1,600 yards last year. So that's that's a number that you like, especially when you consider that you know Flowers was, was paving a lot of those running lanes for Johnson. That's why I think Flowers is going to be you know a big help to the Giants this year, just because they need that. They don't really have that road grader on the line. They don't really have that guy that can get out to the second level um, and really you know clear some space. Um, so for for guys like for Rashad Jennings and uh, and Shane Vereen, I think that's that's going to be a huge a huge help having that big left tackle. So guys, as we look at the offensive line, we look at the offensive line now. You know, with Flowers in the fold, and I think you would have to expect barring something unforeseen, he's going to be a starter pretty much from the jump here. You look at the last few years; they've used pretty high picks uh, to bring in Richburg, to bring in Justin Pugh, obviously a few years ago with the first round pick. Now Flowers. Uh, do you guys think the offensive line overhaul is complete? You had Schwartz in there as a free agent last year. They've really changed this group over the last couple of years. I mean, it seems like it's pretty much – I mean, look, I think the one question is whether what, what you do with Justin Pugh at this point. So, I mean, I don't think Flowers is a guard. They, the Giants clearly don't think Flowers is a guard, so he's obviously going to get a shot at one of the tackle spots. The Giants um, doesn't think he's a guard. The, right, the, exactly. So, you, don't, you don't really necessarily know – Coughlin wasn't quite as hard as Jerry and Mark Ross on that, so I think that's still to be determined. So you think he has a shot at playing at, at possibly being guard with with playing at tackle? I think there there is a shot. I'm not sure yet. I'm not ready at this point to say 100% that he's going to be the right tackle this year and that Pugh's going to move inside uh, unless they tell Justin Pugh that and they want him to concentrate on it. Because I think if you look at it and you look at the even the – you know, Greg Robinson and, and Jake Matthews and uh, Luke Jokel and all these guys the last couple of years, playing tackle in this league as a rookie is a difficult thing. Justin Pugh in his third year may just be a better tackle than uh, he, Eric Flowers year one. So I'm not so sure that it's a certainty at this point. I think they, they might go in and see exactly how far advanced he is at this point before making that, deci- that decision 100%. Yeah, I guess my one thought was that if if they if they really do see him as a future left tackle long term, you figure they they'd want to get his feet wet at the right tackle spot. So, I mean, yeah, I guess it depends what, you know, who knows once once training camp starts, maybe they'll, you know, split reps at each position or something like that just to get, you know, a look at both, but um I just yeah, I guess I just thought if they if they really do consider him that that left tackle long term, it might be a good idea to get you know see what he can do, um, you know, at kind of a, kind of a less, I guess a less uh, premium spot on the offensive line than. Uh, than yeah, certainly like, with that length, you'd like to see it. I mean, that's you know that's the ideal thing. That's right. That's, why, got, that's why he's viewed as a tackle because he has that length. Yeah, and he's know? huge, six six. I mean, you really he's we were talking about it. He's one of those guys, you know. When when you're surprised in person how big they are, that's how no you know. And we see big guys all the time. That's how you know you know this guy is pretty pretty massive. Yeah, he's bigger than the big guys. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it the way you put that. Bigger than the big guys. So the Giants get a big guy on the offensive line, number nine. Then they make a big splash to start off Friday night round two. They trade up with the Tennessee Titans, number thirty three overall. They take Landon Collins. Safety out of Alabama. Collins, you know, is a guy we saw in the first round with in almost every mock draft. Obviously, he's not, you know, the kind of safety that could play center field, although Giants did say maybe he could do that a little, but that's probably why he slipped some schemes, didn't want him, some teams didn't want him. 
but he was obviously a very, very productive player at Alabama. Uh, Jordan, we'll start with you. What do you What did you think of the? Tri the, the I mean, this was, a, this was a move that they had to make. You know, uh, they're sitting there. They have a guy who's graded in their first round, uh, mid to late first round on their board. He's sitting there. You know, they have the ninth or eighth pick of that round. They have nobody on the roster that is a proven safe, bona fide safety. They say, okay, there's here's an opportunity to get a guy. Look, he's not the ideal free safety that they were looking for when they were courting, you know, Devin McCourty at the beginning of free agency. But they didn't they didn't like this draft in safeties. I don't think they thought they could get a guy in that second, third round range that could start this year. So then now all of a sudden the opportunity presented itself. They have a bona fide NFL starter sitting there waiting for them to go grab. And really it only costs them a fourth-round pick to get because forget that seventh-round pick. It's one of the last picks in the draft. So it costs them a fourth-round pick to at least have one guy that they know is a bona fide starting caliber safety in the NFL on their roster. they got to go get him. They do. I think it's a good move. I mean, this guy can play. He can do a little bit of everything. He's not great on the back end in regards to being like a, a you know, center fielder free safety. But, you know, they'll be able to work around that. And they'll, they'll use him to his strengths. And I think he's good enough as a cover safety that they could get by with him on the defense at some points, not consistently, though. Right, yeah. And I, I think the, the, the question I had was whether he could, you know, maybe be a guy that could cover tight ends in a pinch. Um, you know, he, he actually, interestingly, I was looking at, um, you know, some of the pro football focus did a good write-up on him. And they noted that he actually lined up more over the slot receiver and um, – you know, in the free safety position more than a strong safety. Um, so that kind of you know, gives you a sense of the the kind of variety of roles that he had at Alabama. But, you know, you know Jerry Reese seems to think he could cover tight ends. Um, I think that'll be, that'll be the kind of the big question for me, you know, going into this season. But, um, you know, the free safety position is going to be an interesting one. That one is, is clearly going to be up for grabs. Uh, Landon Collins, you figure, will go in as the – as the favorite to win the starting uh, strong safety spot. But, you know, you have to like the move. I mean, it was a good, good aggressive move by Jerry Reese to get up and get, a, you know, two quality starters in the first two picks, I think, is, uh, you know, that's, that's what you want, in, you know, out of, the, out of the first two picks in the draft. Yeah, we heard Mark Ross. He was the one who really seemed like when he saw Landon Collins there at the end of day one, I think, it would, you know, the quote that he said, he, Mark, Mark Ross obviously is sort of the draft boss, the vice president of player evaluation. He said, uh, you know, we have to go up and get him. Here's this guy. And so I think, you know, he got in Terry's ear. And then, and then uh, from there they, they looked around, they poked around, and it was a feasible move. So, you know, look, Landon Collins, it's not like he doesn't have speed to do it to cover. This is a guy who ran, what, a four four eight? I think it was. Well, there's a like four or five, but yeah, but I mean that's still obviously vast enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty darn good for safety, especially at two hundred what twenty pounds, twenty eight pounds, I think. Yeah, and he's a big guy. You see, you see, you know, like he he's not he's not one of these more you know kind of like thinner, athletic, long safeties. He's he packs a punch. I mean, you see it on the tape, but in person, you know, he's he's a he's a bulky guy. He's thirty pounds more than Devin McCourty. Right. Right. That's pretty big especially for his safety. Yeah, that's very big, and he's certainly someone that's going to try to help the Giants in both the pass defense and run defense. And then we go to the third round, guys. I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to pronounce it. I think the last name is Odigizua, uh, right. certainly one that 
right or wrong, people are going to have fun pronouncing this guy's name as we get closer to camp here. But no, you could have said, any, said anything and we would have thought it was right. So, hey, just <laughs> go with it. That, that's perfect. That was exactly how it's supposed to be. Thank you. I, I worked on that all morning. So, Odigi Zuwa. Uh, coming to the Giants, 74 overall, a third round, defensive end UCLA. And we talk about big. This guy is, is a big kid. I mean, he's built to play inside or outside, it looks like. And uh, before you get into the pick and, and what you thought of it, no matter what, starting now, the comparisons to Justin Tucker are going to be made because they were taken with the exact same number selection uh, in their respective drafts, and they both could play inside or outside. Probably unfair for this kid, but uh, that's out there already. Yeah, I mean, I I actually I'm, I'm looking at, uh, at at Justin Tuck's stats right now. Um, he actually only had six sacks as a senior, which is kind of close to the the production that that well, I'm just going to call him Oa for for you know purposes of not screwing up his name. Um, for kind of similar to the production that Oa had at uh, at UCLA, um, he had the the two hip surgeries that put him out as a, his entire junior season, but. Um, Jerry Reese doesn't seem to think that's going to be a problem going forward. But look, he's he's a kind of a young, projectable uh, defensive lineman. Uh, they like the fact that he's a high motor player, that he was a team captain. Uh, he seems like a really good kid. He's he's very you know very smart, very articulate. Uh, he had a, a very impressive uh, knowledge of the Giants' defensive line tradition. But I uh, I don't know. I guess I think I think the the tuck predictions are a little premature but it also could be you know a case of the guy that maybe gets his his feet wet like Tuck did early on um, as that kind of that third down pass rusher in, in certain packages and then grows into a, a starting spot down the road so if that's yeah, the case well, that's a good to say about him is if he can develop as a pass rusher if he can become a real pass rusher uh, then he's going to be a really good player and obviously there's those hips you talked about uh, the, yeah, the two hip surgeries, that's something, a little bit of a concern. The Giants cleared him, but I know other teams had concerns. I think that's sort of why he lasted until where he did, because uh, there were some teams that maybe weren't willing to risk uh, that you know second-round pick or whatever on the guy because they had concerns about him uh, health-wise holding up long-term. So, uh, But the pass rush is really the thing with him that – he's going to have to improve on, and if he wants to become Justin Tuck, he's going to have to become that, I wouldn't say dominant, but really good inside pass rusher uh, where they move him in on inside on passing downs, third downs. And uh, with that size, I, you know, it's possible that he could do that. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, I think what he brings to the table is this is a guy who Tom Coughlin said he's a left defensive end. Now, left defensive end is a position where they, you know, cut Matthias Kiwanuka this offseason. So they have now Robert Ayers. They signed George Selvey. I think George Selvey is a guy to keep an eye on now. If Owa impresses, maybe George Selvey all of a sudden becomes expendable. So, uh, you know, that's the role that sort of George Selvey was brought in to fill. The, you know, first and second down, run-stuffing left defensive end, and now they kind of got that with Owa if he could do that immediately. Uh, that's the real kind of the role he's going to be playing with because Robert Ayers – as great a season as he had last year, holding, setting the edge and, and protecting that edge and stuffing the run is not his specialty. He's more of a shoot-the-gaps kind of guy. So yes, same with Demontre Moore, similar. Yeah, similar. same with Demontre Moore. They, that, that's not what they're strength. Demontre Moore they have zero trust in as a run defender. We know that. They wouldn't even put him on the field in those situations. So, uh, you know, that opportunity is there for Oa, I think, to be able to be a day-one contributor. 
contributor in that regard, which in essence would make him a starter as well if he wins that role, and that would be three starters out of those three guys. You can't ask for much more. If top three picks, maybe potentially all, you know, not only contributing but starting. So the Giants get Flowers, Collins, Odigi, Zuwa with the first three picks. They obviously trade away that fourth-round pick. Of the last three picks, Thompson, the defensive back out of Texas, Davis, the UConn wide receiver, and Hart, the offensive lineman out of Florida State. Which one do you guys like the best, most intrigued by? We'll start with you, Nick. I guess the guy I, I like the best is uh, is this, the wide receiver Jeremy Davis. I think yeah, that's that's a good uh, a good solid value pick uh, at, in round six. He actually had a pretty productive college career. Is not as not quite as good as senior year as he was as a junior, um, but I still believe he led UConn in, in every receiving category for the last three seasons. Um, he's kind of a big physical receiver, six two two sixteen. Uh, the Giants see him in kind of that you know fifth. Fifth, fourth, fifth receiver role, a guy that you know gets some, you know, a big special teams contributor, maybe kind of like a David Tyree type, uh, and then he's you know in on some packages and on offense. But um, I like that pick the most, I think, just in, in terms of getting a guy that can come in right away and potentially you know be a big boost on special teams, which the Giants definitely needed last season. So. Yeah, I mean, you see a trend here. I mean, this is the way the Giants have been going the last couple of years now. They're picking guys in the later rounds. They're not going with as many high-risk picks as they were, you know, four or five years ago. They're going with safer role-type players that they know they can get something out of, guys like Jeremy Davis, who they know they're going to look, here's a guy that we know we could put on special teams and get something out of, anything we get out of him on top of that. If he could be, you know, a fourth, fifth receiver, then, we, you know, we got our value with that pick. I mean, this is a, a, a sixth-round pick. You're not going to get home runs in the sixth round very often. The odds are very slim on that. So, you know, seventh round, they, they went with a guy, Bobby Hart. I kind of I like this guy because he has some size. He has some strength. 20 years old, I think it's a guy who could possibly grow into a role. You know, they could probably throw him on a practice squad for a year. Maybe hope and cross your fingers that in the long term, he develops into a quality offensive lineman, played tackle at Florida State going to play guard with the Giants, 6'4", 329. Uh, you know, that 329 is, a, is a, the exact same number as Eric Flowers, a little shorter, but uh, obviously not the same kind of athlete. So, uh, you know, that there, there's a big difference there between being drafted number nine overall and uh, in the seventh round. But uh, I think it's a good risk because he's a young player, played at a high level, has potential to maybe grow into that spot as a future guard. So who knows? You cross your fingers there. I mean, we don't really know that much about the fifth round pick. I think that's the reality. The, the Thompson kid out of out of Texas, uh, you know, who said he wasn't going to get drafted, didn't think he was going to get drafted, and gets drafted in the fifth round. Didn't have a huge production at Texas. Kind of got moved around a bunch. So uh, I think that's one where everyone's eyebrows were raised, and uh, you, you're not really sure what to get. But again, none of them have any uh, you know character issues. They all are known to or are thought to be at least guys that contribute on special teams, and it's worked the last couple of years with guys like, uh, you know, Berhe even at last year on special teams, and now he has a chance to do something. Kennard was a good pick. Uh, granted, he had some injury history coming in, but again, a solid guy that they knew could at least contribute in some way, shape, or form, and they used to get that. It went the same route again. So, Jordan, you just mentioned there Thompson, the fifth-round pick, and I heard him say it, too, that he didn't expect to get drafted. And I mean, once you get into the fifth, sixth, seventh round, 
Do you guys think that it really matters much what your projection was or where you were really supposed to land? Or if you like a player, you just take a player at that point and you don't, you know, because there was a, a school of thought that, you know, maybe just wait to sign Thompson after the draft as an undrafted free agent. The Giants made it seem like we liked him. Why take that risk? Yeah. yeah I, Mark Ross talked about this a little bit. He talked about the draft after the first few rounds was one of the more unpredictable he's ever seen. Guys just were going from all over the place, I guess, off their board. You know, really low guys going high and high guys going really low. Uh, he, he said it was kind of like, uh, you know, strange in that regard. So, And the Giants, they trust their process. And this is what also what Mark said. They trust their process. They do their background check. They watch the guys. They put the guys on their board. And if he's the top guy on their board, they're going to take the guy. They're not worried. What they track other. They track when guys take visits. This, you know, Thompson's only visit was to the Giants. That's obviously all they knew about because there wasn't another one that existed. So they knew it. They knew the deal. And but they had the guy rated higher than all the other guys. So they said, "Hey, that's the top guy on our board. We're going to go. We're going to draft him. We don't really care what anyone else thinks. We're not worried about what the evaluation of you know X X and X team." is for this player. We're only worried about what our evaluation is, and their evaluation was, was pretty high on this guy, I guess higher than most. Yeah, and at a, at, a certain, at a certain point, you just have to kind of, like, respect that. You know, I mean, these guys are, this is what they do. They, they scout these guys. They, you know, they obviously do their homework. Um, so, you, you know, if that if that's where, if that's the grade that they had on him, if they had a, a fifth-round grade on, on Michael Thompson, whether, you know, we can whether we can find an NFL.com profile on him, you know, or not, I think doesn't really matter. Um, you know, they, they clearly see something they like, whether it's, you know, his ability to to cover or, or you know, be versatile and possibly play some in the slot or, or you know, whatever. I think it just, you it know. It doesn't mean they can't juggle it, though. There is a way to juggle the draft and say, hey, we could still get this guy in the next round, I think. Oh, Why yeah, for sure. for sure. I'm sure they had a higher-rated guy that, than uh, – Jeremy Davis, maybe that they took in the next pick that that was drafted in the next forty picks or whatever. Sure, absolutely. Sometimes it just depends how the draft board falls. But that being said, I don't know. I guess I was just thinking, you know, I was thinking in hindsight back to the, you know, my initial reaction when they picked this Michael Thompson guy, and I was like, you know, who is he? But you know, I mean, look, if his actual his measurables aren't bad, the production isn't isn't what you want to see. Obviously, only two career interceptions, but. Um, you know, if he gets safety, it, that's kind of a red flag for me. What's that? I said for a free safety, that's kind of a red flag. You know, when two interceptions. Oh well, no, for sure. I, I completely agree. But I, you know, you also have to you have to allow for some you know improvement, some projection, and and if you know, and a fifth round pick, I guess, is not it's not the same as a second round pick. You can afford to take a flyer on a guy. You know, maybe it's a bit of a reach, but. If if you think he can grow into what you want him to be, the fifth round is probably a decent spot to do that. Is what I'm. I yeah, guess. I mean, I wouldn't question. I wouldn't question the pick either. I'm just questioning whether they didn't do a good job of navigating the draft at that point, where they could have, where they, maybe they could have gotten a a player graded above Jeremy Davis in the sixth round, and then waited and taken a guy like Thompson in the sixth round. Granted, we'll never know, but it seems like guy didn't have any other visits. Thought he was going to be undrafted. Maybe that they went a round or two too early on him at that point. All right, guys, we look at the draft you know, as a whole. The Giants have their six guys they're bringing in now. You add that to what they did in free agency. 
Uh, think back to what you guys thought that, that had to happen for the Giants before this offseason began. So around February when you started thinking about what they might do this offseason from JPP to free agency to the draft. Uh, do you think the Giants accomplished what they needed to based on the way last year ended? Or did there, is there still something that you think they should have done, they, they couldn't accomplish? We'll start with Jordan. The whole offseason, uh, you know, barring some of these undrafted free agents playing a role. But for what we know now, how do you think the Giants did this offseason? Uh, I mean, they filled a lot of holes. I mean, you look, they, 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 they got a running back out of the backfield who has, you know, versatility, can catch the ball better. They got a, another starting offensive lineman. Really, they added two because we got to count Jeff Schwartz almost. Uh, I know that doesn't count in their offseason moves, but essentially they're adding two new starters this year and moving Weston Richburg to a new position. So it's really almost adding three new starters to your offensive line. They did that. I'm not sure they added enough playmakers for my liking. I mean, you know, Vereen is, is the biggest playmaker they added, I guess, so far. Uh, I think this is a team that really only has one playmaker right now that you can really scares the other team, and that's obviously Odell Beckham. But uh, they filled a lot of holes. On defense, you know, there's a bunch of guys that they're hoping that can fill the spots at linebacker. Uh, they've got a bunch of defense alignment to fill specific roles. It really seems like they pinpointed specific roles. We needed a, a run-stuffing defensive tackle. We needed a run-stuffing uh, defensive end, uh, which they got in free agency and the draft. Uh, we needed they end up they end up getting the the big at least that one bona fide starting safety. Granted, it wasn't the free safety they were looking for, but then these are that's a tough position to fill in this league, and most teams can't do it. So uh, just chalk them up on the list of teams that are still out there looking for someone to be that you know stud free safety so uh you know they filled a lot of holes they filled a lot of needs a bunch of these guys are they're, they got a bunch of solid contributors i would have liked one or two impact real impact difference makers in free agency i think they uh they went you know they got for the vereen is their biggest free agent signing or dwayne harris uh, i'm not sure if those are real big impact difference makers they're, they're good solid players but I'm not sure if they're difference makers. But I do love the Flowers pick, and I think he was the best lineman in the draft. So I'm, I'm big on that one. Yeah, no, I, I largely agree uh, with Jordan. I guess uh, my, my main thing, the, I think the main thing with the Giants offseason, uh, I think depth was, was the op operative word that they were, that they were, that kind of can be used to describe it. Um, you know, they didn't really go after the, any of the big names. After, after Devin McCourty uh, went back to New England, they kind of sat out the rest of the free, rest of free agency as far as kind of the, the guys, the marquee free agents not really wanting to get in, involved with any of them. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they like, like Jordan said, they identified certain roles, certain things that they needed on their roster. Um, but they also, I think they were kind of conscious of, in the back of their minds, the, the injury problems that they've had the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, guys, get, guys going down and, and, you know, there being a, a big drop-off between the first and the second and the third string. And so they got some guys that maybe aren't household names, but have been you know quality contributors elsewhere at times. So you know guys like Jonathan Casillas, Casillas with New England, J.T. Thomas with Jacksonville. Um, you know the the production isn't necessarily what you want to see, but at the same time, if if those guys are your are your second string linebackers, uh, you know that's that's not too bad. I'm not really sure what you know whether they see either as as a full time starter or not. 
But I, I guess my the the one question mark that I still have is in the secondary. I know they got Landon Collins, and, and he probably is going to end up a starter at strong safety, but they didn't really get a lot of cornerback depth. And, look, Prince of Mukamara and Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie both have a little bit of an injury history at this point. Um, they're not necessarily guys that you can say, you know, pencil in for 16 games automatically. So you'd like to see maybe, you know, one or two guys behind them that step up and you can trust on the outside, you know, if, if – you know, one goes down during a game. You know, Cromartie even battled through a lot of, of his injury problems and to stay on the field last year. Um, and it was mostly because they didn't really have any guys behind him that they trusted enough to, to go out there and, and do the job. So I think that was kind of one area I was a little bit surprised they didn't address later in the draft. But other than that, they you know, they shored up their depth. Their depth. Um, I, I like the Flowers pick as well. Um, like I said, two quality starters at least on the you know in the first day or in the first two days of the draft is pretty good, um, and we'll see what they have in the third round with uh, with Oa. But um, yeah, I mean, I, pretty pretty solid offseason, I think generally speaking, um, at least as far as the looking at holistically. Yeah, the, the depth is a good point because this is a team that lacked depth the last two years, and when they had injuries, they were just you know completely shot and and. Just, you know, Working at a you know significant talent disadvantage you know when it came down to it later in the season, so I think it's big that this team really added depth. I mean now at least you got John Jerry, who I know some people don't like, but John Jerry's in that role that he originally was supposed to be in as a backup lineman. Uh, Marshall Newhouse is a backup lineman. Hopefully that works out better than uh, uh, Charles Brown last year. So you know. They're they're much better on the depth side. They have a lot of wide receivers in case they have injuries. Now, granted, uh, you know if Victor Cruz can't come back or Beckham gets injured, there's no there's no replacement for those kind of guys. But in general, much deeper team, I think. All right, we'll wrap episode four of Talk Is Cheap with this one. Whole draft, not just the Giants. Give me something that stood out to you, whether a team, what they did, or a player where he landed. Just something a takeaway from the 2015 draft. Uh, that you found interested, intriguing. Obviously, Mariota stays with the Titans, Gurley to the Rams. There were some big names on where they landed. For you, when you walk away from the draft, away from the Giants, what, what's kind of the top of your mind? We'll start with Jordan. Well, I'm going to stick with the NFC East because I thought the Redskins pick of Brandon Scherf was Sheriff, uh, I guess is how you pronounce it, was a very, very strange pick to me. Uh, first of all, I, didn't, I personally didn't think he was a top five player. And, you know... They go that direction with the, with maybe the best uh, the player that most people had is the number one most teams I think had is the number one player on the board. Uh, to me, that's questionable. So I'm not you know the Redskins are one of those teams. I'm not really sure where they're going. Uh, they're taking a different approach maybe than they had in the past. So that really stuck out to me and the fact that the Jets oh, end up landing the guy I thought was the best player in the draft with the sixth pick. Those are the ones that really stick out to me. I mean you don't. Normally, get the best player in the draft at number six. Yeah, that was uh, that. That was absolutely going to be, uh, you know, my what what my biggest surprise was. I I, I thought Leonard Williams was going to be gone. I actually thought the Raiders were going to be a good spot for him, um, even though I know they they really liked Amari Cooper and wanted a wide receiver. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that you know, look, there's a little bit of a glut of the Jets' defensive line, but. Anytime you can get a player of that caliber, you really just can't afford to to pass him up. Even though you know they could have gone wide receiver, they could have gone offensive lineman potentially. Um, so yeah, I, I like. I think that's 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 easy. Yeah, anytime, anytime, anytime White's out there, you, your eyes open. That's for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and also, I guess the on a kind of an NFC East related note, um, the Cowboys grabbing Randy Gregory. Not that it was necessarily a surprise that he fell that far, um, but I actually think that's a, a an interesting pick for them. Uh, they 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 like taking chances on those kind of those kind of guys, the the big athletes who have you know a little bit of uh, of character question marks. Um, but look, if they if they could develop him, they that's that's a really solid pick for them at that spot, and you know that could give them the kind of the pass rusher they've been missing. The last couple of seasons, definitely. Yeah, that's a great. But also, be honest, Joe. The the fact that Lael Collins went undrafted. This was a guy who was supposed to be a first rounder. That's the story of this whole draft. That's yeah, unreal. Yeah. I mean, that's something you've never seen a guy who's going to be a first round pick. All of a sudden, something happens. You know, a couple of days before the draft, and he goes undrafted. Think about that for that's just wild situation. So what's next, guys? We have the rookie mini camp. You guys get your first chance to see uh, this slate of rookies. Yeah, well, first, this week is week two of the – we have phase two of the workout program. So they can now get on the field with coaches. Still no uh, offense versus defense and stuff. But at least they can go out on the back in the field and uh, get some individual coaching uh, for the players. So that's the next thing with them. We don't get out there for that, but that's what's going on behind closed doors this week. And then they got a rookie minicamp this weekend. Be a lot of tryout guys. Some of the the rookies, the undrafted guys. uh, you You get a look at these guys for the first time. And hopefully get a chance to talk to uh, Steve Spagnuolo for the first time as, uh, as Giants defensive coordinator. Yeah, get an idea sort of what this defense might actually look like this year. We haven't uh, really nailed that down yet. It is going to be fun to watch. We'll be paying attention the next couple of weeks. We'll be back next week for Episode 5 of Talk is Cheap. Thanks for listening, Giants fans. I hope you enjoyed the draft. hope you enjoyed Episode 4 of Talk is Cheap. Thanks for listening.